0: Pops in a pot. Pops in a pod.
1: Episode 83, The Expat Dad, Jan Karen.
0: Welcome to the third story from our Father's Month on Pops in a Pot. Are you wondering what Father's Month is? Well, Peter and I decided that instead of celebrating just one day in June, which is 20th, We decided to do the entire month. So that is why all our guests in June are dads. Really, really inspirational dads with great stories.
1: Do check out our previous episodes with Leher Joshi, an ad dad that stayed back, and Ankit Jindal, the dad that defies the odds.
0: You can also read about them on our website, popsinapod.in, or visit our social media platforms, Linked in the show notes. Our third story is of an expat dad, Yan Garin.
1: Yan Garin is a Frenchman married and settled in India. He is the country head at Ecole Intuit Lab, a design institute based in Mumbai. He has traveled to over fifty countries, but is still surprised every day by India.
0: Well, that's Yan in a nutshell for you but we have a lot more from Jan, So let's dive straight in.
1: So I'd like to welcome to Pops in a Pod, uh, Jan Garin. Welcome to Pops in a Pod, Jan. Thanks for taking time out.
2: Hi, Peter. Thanks for inviting me. Very honored.
1: You know, I must be honest with you, Jan. Last year we talked to four of our friends, Nadir and my friends, who are all Indian and lived abroad and we were kind of curious that what their journey is like, you know, mm-hmm. how how does an Indian kind of adjust as a parent into a land that they didn't grow up, right? And at the back of our mind, we were always curious that how is it for somebody who's not Indian to kind of now live in India as a parent? So I'm really glad we came across you and uh, to have you on the show after all these episodes.
2: Right. That's also a question that I keep asking myself. So I'm sure I, I will learn out of this podcast. For sure. <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay. so, so let's, you know, there's so much because when I found out that you've been living in India for 15 years, I'm sure Correct. that's one of the things that surprises everyone. So let's start with the very basic question. Uh, how did you come to India for the first time? I mean, was it holidays? Was it or did you just move and say, OK, I'm going to live in India?
2: You want the short or the long version? Yes. You take it all the time
1: you need. This, oh, yeah, okay. sure this is a good story.
2: No, first time I came in India, I was uh, like 20 years old, something like that. And it was really to visit. I had a cousin of mine who kept coming since the 70s, you know, like every year. And telling me so many stories about India that I was completely in love with the country, even before putting one step on the, on the land here. And uh, that's my first big trip, we can say, you know, I I just saved some money and uh, went to book, book a ticket and just land. I, I've been told, okay, first time if you go to India, you have to go to uh, Rajasthan because this is the most typical one, you know, when you yeah, want to see yeah. palaces <laughs> and everything, go to Rajasthan if you have to go in one place. So I did that uh, so I went to Delhi, a trip to Rajasthan, Agra, you know, all the yeah, classic the, the, tourism. The triangle,
1: yeah. yeah, the, the North yeah.
2: triangle. Yeah. Exactly. And uh, I was really not disappointed. That's really everything that I had in my uh, in my mind came alive in front of me. The experience was fantastic. I really loved it. Coming back to France, uh, I kept thinking about India. I, 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 uh, I became completely obsessed uh, with India. I bought I bought a book to, to learn Hindi, you know, <laughs> which was completely inefficient. But still, wow. uh, that's the kind <laughs> of uh, passion that I developed for uh, for India. Yeah. And then uh, I started uh, researching, etc. And uh, I used to uh, work for documentaries or make documentaries, and uh, I wrote one about the christians in kerala and i managed to get it produced by uh, by a tv uh, channel and uh, that was my second trip i went to kerala for a month made my documentary was again very happy kerala is very different from rajasthan for so for me it's, it was not a repeat at all it was something completely different i really uh, really loved uh, that part of india so to so. stop that's part two and part three uh, I met my wife in Paris she was an aerostat working for Air India and through France uh, we we met in Paris so obviously uh, <laughs> I was predisposed <laughs> because she was in, a, in India obviously but uh, yeah we fell in love at first sight
1: wow. me I was a,
2: a freelancer in, uh, in France and uh, so it was really easy for me just to to india as soon as uh, we married uh, we moved to india and uh, i settled there i will i wanted to work for documentaries but i realized that in india it's much more difficult compared to france so uh, i had other uh, skills that i use and i I did something differently which was uh, working in the 3d uh, design because i could do that also and it was easier for me to work in this field
0: so uh, you know, Jan, it's it's so nice to know because uh, you also, as as an outsider, you know, you you did the whole India trip, starting from Rajasthan, the north, and then obviously you did your, your Kerala bit as well, which which are I I think outside India, one of the most prominent lands that you know are very prominent in 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 India. Yeah. Um, so in back in two thousand and five, two thousand five, two thousand six. I, I hosted as in my family hosted um, a couple of students from Europe um, one from Denmark one from France and one from Germany because my sister went to Denmark so we had to host uh, three three old students and I I remember uh, when we went and picked them up from the airport and the first thing they were just so mesmerized by by India they just like you could see it in their eyes they, they didn't know how to sort of um, describe it. So yeah. when you came to um, India, and obviously, you because you've seen an, a number of states, was there a cultural uh, disparity that that you noticed, you know, f- from France and now to India? I mean, kind of a cultural shock that, you know, just hits you, boom.
2: Yeah, I experienced three different cultural shocks. The first one was really a touristic one. The one that your students experienced also, first time you step in India, uh, it's a kind of uh, immersive, you know, when you put this uh, VR mask, and <laughs> and suddenly <laughs> it's it's the same thing when you you uh, get out of the plane in India. You have the smells coming, the noise, uh, everything is moving in every direction, and that's really the colors. Obviously, the color is something that very very different compared to uh, Europe, where where everything is much more dull. Uh, so that was the the first thing in Kerala. It was a very different kind of uh, cultural shock tro- because I was there for a documentary and I started seeing things a bit from the inside, you know, we were with uh, families and they were ex- explaining the day-to-day uh, life, you know, things that you don't really realize when you're a, a tourist. And I realized many, many differences compared to Europe, the, the, the way the relationship they had in the family, outside, with, with their neighbors. All of that was very different, but still fascinating. And the last shock, obviously, it's when I settled in India, in Mumbai, uh, starting with all the ceremonies uh, related to uh, engagement, wedding, um, all the pujas. uh, At the the beginning, I I didn't know what to do, you know, and uh, all all the habits. I was telling my wife, uh, I don't know who's, feet I have to touch, you know, so you, in French, you tell me, "pied," that means feet, you know, so that means I, I know with whom I can do it and with whom it's not necessary. This kind of thing, you know, Already, it was a kind of uh, India, in, India for dummies, kind of. Uh, obviously, uh, after the years, things uh, started to be easier for me, but the beginning was very, very, very like that. And um, And when I really uh, settled in Mumbai, all the daily stuff, uh, paying uh, an electricity bill or uh, uh, buying some vegetables, it was a kind of adventure for me. I could not just do it the way I used to do it in France. So a lot of learning, but still uh, uh, surprises every day. I used to tell a friend, uh, uh, it was like 10 years after living in India, it's I've, I've seen like 50 countries in uh, in my life, so, but in India, even after 10 years, I have a, a little surprise every day. I can say, you know, something that surprises me. <laughs> that's that's something that is particular in India.
1: Wow, I'm I'm really glad to hear that because for Nader and me, I think there are certain things we just take for granted because we grew up here, right? So it's just part of our lives. But for someone who grew up uh, in another country and you know with a different childhood. Uh, What I wanted to ask you, since you brought it up, right, about your marriage, I mean, I'm sure this is a typical Bollywood story, since I'm sure you watched a few Bollywood stories where it was love at first sight, but it's not just that, right? Because Indian weddings are big, loud, Uh, there's so much uh, happening in there. Tell us about that, I'm sure that would have been something new for you, right?
2: Right, yes. Definitely, that was a new, exciting. I was looking because, as you said, I used to watch a Bollywood movie, and uh, weddings is something that you you always uh, wonder if it's true or not when you see a movie. You know, no, it, it cannot be like that. I, but actually, it is in a way. In a way, you know, that's definitely compared to uh, what I, I used to know in Europe. Uh, it's it's grand. That's the, the word. So uh, I had a. A wedding in uh, France first, like the, for the registration and all. And then immediately we went uh, for a wedding in uh, Delhi. I invited a lot of uh, my family and uh, friends from France who came there for the wedding. They were also very uh, excited. And same thing, we, we had to learn a bit, you know, because it's not the simple thing like, uh, like us. Okay. In, in the mayor house, we sign a paper and give the ring. It's done. Bye a little uh, restaurant party and stuff no no there are many rituals uh, sequence and obviously we did it the traditional uh, way my wife is Punjabi so we did a Punjabi uh, wedding and so wow. we had to I,
1: I must add here I've been for a Punjabi wedding oh boy they're, they're a different level like they really know how to like party
2: <laughs> yeah I uh that's true and uh and I guess because I was the foreigner, also they they wanted to do it really in the tra- traditional way, you know, with all the parts. So uh, all my friends and family uh, before coming, they they watch uh, monsoon wedding to understand a bit <laughs> who does what and uh, what is the sequence. So they, they were a bit equipped. That was good. And uh, but when they arrived in India, they they were very 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 well. Welcome, you know, by all the family, taken care of. They had a fantastic experience. Same for me. So uh, we had all the the steps uh, uh, from the sangit to the Barat. Everything was there. I I had a a white horse.
1: uh, Wow, we actually did that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, everything,
2: (laughs) the pagri, everything. That was uh, great. So. It was a magical experience uh, for me. Uh, till, uh, till the last, uh, there was a puja at the end, the fire, everything. Uh, it was a fantastic. I have videos of all of that that uh, we keep watching regularly because it's, it's really, it was like a movie, definitely. It was like a Bollywood movie.
0: You know, Jan, uh, it's, it's very interesting because I think you had a more. I think prominent wedding ceremony that I think Pita and I could have ever imagined. Like, I had a very so European
1: style wedding, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I, I signed the documents, <laughs> go to church, that's it. <laughs> like like so... I still I still remember like a lot of my friends who came for, from Europe, right, for my wedding, they expected the Punjabi style, everyone's watched monsoon wedding and all of that. And uh, <laughs> once they came in, they were like, Okay, so you just have a pre-wedding ceremony, the wedding, and that's it? This is what we came to India for? They were kind of like disappointed, to be honest.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine. But it's a beautiful gift you can give to your guests. If you make it traditional, definitely they they will have uh, memories that they will never forget.
0: But, you know, Yan, what what made me realize about your journey so far is, is that First, you came to this country as a as a tourist, and now you are very much a, a resident. You're married. You have two boys, um, and and they're quite old. Um, Was that the plan, or is it is it just like you know one thing after the other? Did you or did you have this this mentality in your mind that you know I I want to go a different country and and settle. And today now you see yourself as as an expat, you know, an expat dad, an expat husband, and you're working in this country in in, in an educational system. Was that always part of your plan, or is it just you know it just came as it uh, you know as it all just came step by step?
2: No, it was not really plan. Uh, I had the ambition to come to India because I told you it was really for me a fascinating country. So. Uh, from France, I started looking for jobs, possibilities, and all in India. That's something that was in my mind definitely. Uh, but the wedding part and the children part, not at all. I had no intention to marry or to have kids, which is com- uh, quite common in uh, in France, and it's not I uh, was not an exception. Uh, but it was not no, not at all in my uh, in my mind. But uh, when I met my wife, for her it was not a question of uh, is it planned or not. It's the way. You do it in India, there is no question for parents uh, to, uh, to not be married, to not uh, have kids. So uh, things came pretty naturally once uh, we met. But that, yeah, the, the wedding was a must, uh, as well as the kids.
1: You know, we've talked so much about your journey. One of the things I want to ask you now, as somebody who's lived in India for 15 years, right, is when you think about it, there's always a debate or a discussion, Europe, India, America, this is how things are done. And we always focus on the differences, right? But as someone who's lived in India for so long now, what would you say would be the similarities between French or European culture and Indian culture?
2: Yeah, there, there are many similarities. Uh, first, the, the kind of planning, you know, during the, the pregnancy. And um, guessing, uh, obviously in India, you cannot know the, the sex, so that's a big uh, difference, but uh, guessing what could be the name, uh, where, the, where the kid uh, should uh, sleep, do we need to uh, build a, a room or uh, all of that? In Europe, it's exactly the, the same. So all this planning part is uh, definitely there. Then when the kid is born, we have exactly the same uh, question about education, for example. So having a discussion uh, with my wife about what do we want for our kids? And that I think it's a universal question. Then you have to adapt to the way of living in the country you live in, but you need you need to have a kind of a roadmap for the, for the kids. And especially for me where I was really not like that. And Planning uh, things was not at all my style. I was really living day to day. But I don't know. There must be a kind of uh, hidden muscle uh, somewhere that, when you have a kid, <laughs> just triggers, and you need to plan. Things I I know exactly.
1: I know exactly what you're talking about because Nader and I keep talking about it. Right? It's that you you prep, and there's that whole hype, and everyone tells you about it, but that switch automatically goes in your head, and you know, like, yes, this is the time. I am ready now. So I, I totally can uh, relate to what yeah. you're saying.
2: Exactly like that. And, uh, it was quite a surprising. I saw myself doing things like planning. Uh, well, I mean, again, for uh, education, obviously, uh, but planning uh, what clothes to buy, uh, um, food, uh, reading things about, uh, to be very honest, it was more for me trusting my wife about it uh, because she was into the books, uh, uh website, etc. To, to but uh, very, very interesting to see, uh, okay, what will happen next week, next month, next year, in 10 years. You keep thinking uh, of that and that was really, really different for me.
0: So, so you're, you're saying that the, the the planning aspect is is something... That, that came from your wife's side and, and that's something that you had to kind of take on because uh, is, is that... Not, that not exactly,
2: but she does the research. <laughs> she do, does the research and yeah, she uh, we live in India, so I have to trust her for a lot of things. You know, uh, it would have been a mistake to try to live the French way in Mumbai. I think it would have been disastrous. And maybe very, very uh, uh, disappointing for me. So, uh, so she really, really took many decisions and I had to trust her on on that, on the type of uh, school, for example, on all of that, the way uh, for healthcare, you know, for me, I don't have, I didn't have any insurance, nothing here in France because. The state is taking care of everything. Nothing can really happen. Uh, That's true. But in India, for anything, you need to plan things. Otherwise, you can really, really be in trouble. So that, fortunately, I followed her on that, blindly trusted her, and, and it was a good decision.
1: So, you know, I must ask at this point, since you're talking about, you know, the shift in mentality that you had, your mindset, if I may, about, you know, living a more planned life was it a conscious decision then once you had your children to bring them up in india i'm sure that would have been one of the major conversations that you had right even before having the children
2: yeah so me that was my desire definitely to uh uh, i mean live in india and and uh, have them do at least all their education in in india for for many reasons my wife, uh, like many Indians, she was more fascinated by the West, which is, uh, I mean, as you say, the, the grass is always greener on the other side. So, uh, but for many reasons, it, we, we decided to stay in India. It was uh, just uh, easier for us. And that's something that I really don't regret. I think there are many advantages of, of uh, living uh, in India. Having your kids growing in India or so
0: so what we 've got got right now is like planning is clearly very 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 important, especially in a in a country like India, where everything has its own set of uh, responsibilities in a way whether whether it's a government whether it 's a family whether it's extended family, various other things right um, but when it when it comes to your kids right and because it's an advantage to have uh, a French parent and and an Indian parent where do you see your kids from from a future perspective you know considering that they they finish their education and then what is what is the plan because you clearly uh, having lived here for 15 years you must have seen a very strong difference in the education system as well so what is your take on that especially since you're a father to two boys
2: uh where do you stand yeah it's an interesting question actually because My kids originally, we put them in the French school in Mumbai. But uh, we were not so happy uh, with the system there. For many uh, reasons, one of them is the French school is mostly for expats. And there was this expat mentality of uh, students spending two or three years max there. So there was a heavy rotation. And these students were not really integrating the culture uh, in India, you know, uh, and it it makes sense. You you are not going to invest too much in the culture if you are going to spend only two or three years. And for that reason, it was a bit difficult for my kids who were really uh, half half Indian by blood and really uh, living in the country and they know more about the Indian culture than the French culture. So there were some difficulties. And also in terms of Pure education, the French system is a good system, definitely. But uh, I was finally convinced by the Indian system when they shift to an Indian school. I found it much more down to earth. You know, I found the French system that I that was the only one I knew. Finally, I find it very, very uh, conceptual in a way. Where in the Indian system, I really love the way. That they are trained for a job, you know, for a career. That's uh, so. For example, very early they learn how to make presentations. (laughs) I was shocked, and uh, for us, we we never. I mean, my first presentation, uh, probably I was. uh, It was uh, when I had my first job, you know, to present a pitch, but definitely not at school. And here, six years old, with a PowerPoint showing some fantasy presentation, <laughs> developing some confidence. I was, that's great because this is really what will be useful, you know, True. much more than uh, A for Apple and B for uh, B. <laughs> so, uh, so that's something that for me, uh, again, I trusted my wife on that because I was not completely convinced at first. But once we made the shift, uh, I really, really uh, loved that decision.
1: So I'm really glad you talked about education, uh, Jan, because that was going to be my next question uh, to you. Uh, You now, just to put it into context, you studied in France uh, your entire life and now your kids are studying in India and you have had your children in the French school. So you got a bitter taste of what, you know, the French school is here. But if you just have to talk like curriculum or the studies wise, how would you compare you know, the schooling system that you experienced and what your children are experiencing right now?
2: Yeah, the curriculum is quite different, actually. The rhythm is different also. The French curriculum, obviously, is European-centric. That's one of the uh, big difference. Um, Everything is centered around Europe. France, obviously, but also Europe. Uh, We don't go Too much uh, in terms of uh, studying uh, Asia or even Africa, for example. It's really about Europe and a bit about uh, Americas. While in uh, in India, uh, it makes sense that uh, you start with India and enlarge to Asia. Uh, This by comparison, I think in India they spend more time on. Europe that we spend time on Asia um, probably because of the (laughs) west domination that is uh, uh, all around the planet the two world wars etc yeah but there is this uh, difference for sure
1: no actually it it, it makes sense what you say because i still remember our history and geography now correct me if i'm wrong we spent quite a bit of time learning about the world wars and all of that. And when you're young, you don't understand yeah, yeah. why you're studying it, right? And it-
0: So, it's not just it's not just the World Wars, but it was um, both the World Wars, followed by the Cold War as well. And I think, I, I also remember um, uh, th- there was a little bit of uh, Russian Revolution and French Revolution which we learned, which was in college. But it, it just kind of uh, carried on. So, in, in terms of education, depending on what stream you take after your school, there is so much more variety that you know, we also get ex- uh, exposed to, apart from obviously the Indian history and the Maharashtrian history and, you know, various other uh,
2: elements true. that we have. So, yeah. True, true. That's right. Yeah. The methodology, obviously, is also very different. Mm. So, that is something I never realized, but comparing later on, I realized the French system is really based on writing things. Writing is almost everything. And we do uh, math, history, science, everything, a lot in writing. I find the Indian system much more oral, much more about, yeah, uh, talking, listening. etc. That's a a big uh, difference. Same thing, uh, comparing both. uh, I have a little preference for the Indian system, and I think people are going to write less and less in any case. Uh, So listening... Learning how to uh, listen is, uh, is very, very important. Yeah.
1: You know, I, I actually have a different point of view. And I think yeah. the contrast is because I studied the Indian system. right? The, mm-hmm. because, when I studied in Canada and I was doing my uh, bachelor degree there. So what I found very strange was everyone who studied with me was very used to writing reports and writing longer reports. Whereas here in India, we don't focus on you know writing longer reports. Now that yeah. maybe since you did IGSE, for you it was different, right?
0: No, so I, I was in, I was in ICSE. So ah. for us, um, ma- making so the after the seventh or the eighth grade, it was always um, 80, 80 marks out of hundred will be your written test, and the other twenty will be your projects or whatever. Whether projects could be, whether you're making something, drawing something, and then you have to present it. In, in, yeah. in a lot of cases, you were expected to present something, um, something that over here we give a lot of importance to is elocution, right? Yeah. So right from the fourth or the fifth standard grade all the way till the 10th grade, 10th standard, you're, you're supposed to come on stage and present and elocute and, and spoken word or whatnot, right? And I was horrible at it. Like, I was really okay, yeah. bad because I was a bag of nerves and I was just like, you know, I can't do this anymore. But there were there were kids who were genuinely, genuinely good. Their parents would, you know, um, discuss with them and then practice with them. So, yeah, that that happened a lot with us.
1: I think we were opposites. I loved that. I think that was my, like, early stage. But I must put the question to you then, Jan. considering just the role that you did, what kind of... Uh, kid were you since we were just comparing uh, both of us were you the outgoing one who could do all these presentations or were you
2: no uh, to be very honest and um, i hope my students won't listen to that but i was not a good student really really not and uh and no i was not comfortable to go on the on the blackboard at that time and uh, presenting things not really a uh, my uh, my thing uh but Fortunately in France we don't have as many uh, I mean fortunately and unfortunately as I said I think it's a good thing to uh, to uh, train the, the students to express themselves in front of an audience. That's something that is very very uh, valuable. Whatever is your career uh, later you know to, to express an idea with confidence that's something that should be taught very early and that's what my uh, my kids are learning at school. I'm very happy with that.
0: So, so Jan, you know, you you decided to stay in, in India. You you got married. You had this lovely wedding, Punjabi wedding, um, and then then the kids happened, right? We want to really understand uh, your role as. As a, as a dad, like, I, I, I understand because I have uh, interacted with a lot of Europeans. Peter also tells me a lot about his, his stories interaction with Europe because he's worked in, in Europe. Um, and there is one thing that comes off very well is that the institution of, of marriage, as you men- mentioned earlier as well, the institution of marriage, um, the, the importance of it comes much later in life, right? You can, you can become parents even be- before becoming um, a, a husband right very legally true. so in when it comes to kids when you did become a father right over here what did you have certain things in mind that i'm going to do this with my boys and uh, this is this is the this is how i'm going to raise them this is what i'm going to do with them what's what, what's what's your role of a french father in, in india
2: yeah that has uh, came into place very naturally between my wife and i it came very very early that she would be in charge of the academics uh, and uh, and I will take care of all the the uh, sorry the co-curricular activities we can say and no. um, I don't know if she, it's because uh, she's a mother or she's Indian but for her there is this academic line that you cannot <laughs> uh, diverge from that's super important and I think it's going to go. Uh, like that for a long time. Homework, uh, choose of uh, the school, everything, it's really her domain. Me, it's, she said that I have the easy role and (laughs) I kind of agree on on that. All the fun part, I have a tendency to take care of that. Uh, It's super important for me to develop their creativity and to make them curious. That's really, I for me, it's crucial for them that, that they are curious, you know, that great if they go straight with their academics and they go very far, I'll be very happy. Uh, but I refuse that they do only that. Uh, it's super important for me that they do sports, that they take interest in uh, art, uh, but also in general culture. Everything is interesting. They should experience the maximum of things as possible. So I used to take them for various uh, projects. There is a very good uh, website called diy.org uh, where you have uh, millions of projects that you can try yourself. You know? So we used to spend time on that, uh, doing some uh, electronics, for example. So uh, buying this uh, kind of uh, electronic components, and making blinking lights. And they understand a lot of things uh, doing that kind of thing. Stop motion animation, we, we did that. We did some uh, models. I mean, every weekend we used to spend time on, on, on this kind of uh, project, just for them to understand that, yeah, there are many things in this uh, world, many interesting uh, things. And the more you look, the more you discover. And I realized that uh, they Develop some skill that now they are using in class also, you know, because they had this curiosity uh, that they developed uh, from the very, very young age.
0: You know, for our listeners, I'd like to say that this might sound very simple and very cool and very easy to do, but it's not. It's actually very tough and difficult to get your kids involved and getting them to do things. So, Jan, I must say, uh, it's actually a tough job <laughs> to do
2: and it's not very simple no no it is it is not uh, simple but it's really rewarding True. because True. the kind of proud that they get at the end of the project you know when they go to their mom and say okay look i did that you know um, i remember they they made a a co.cam dispenser you know like <laughs> an electronic one they were super proud they they drank co.cam all day uh all day long <laughs> because there was this dispenser <laughs> and when <laughs> when you see the proud in their eyes you say, okay That's
1: the job is done. Wow, that's really cool. And I think, yeah, I'm also going to check out uh, DIY projects because my son loves like using his hand and making all these kind of things. So while he's still not uh, pushed down by academic pressure, let's give that a shot.
0: You should. So, you know, Yan, currently you you are heading... uh, um, an institute that has a very, very strong design philosophy, very strong, skill-based, creative um, role that helps you know, students to build things, make things. And I, I think that's where the, the world is also kind of going. Um, did you notice, so apart, apart from you know, the written versus oral education system, uh, the importance of design and, and creatives um, because you, you you did say right now that you know the children need to be taught certain things early on in life. Um, what what do you think is the importance of of creation and design, and what what does it carry for the students of today's generation?
2: Yeah. So obviously, as a director of a design school, I can only reply that creativity is super important, but. Uh, to go beyond that, I, we can see in today's world if the, the more the most successful people are the most creative one. If you name, for example, a Steve Jobs, a, a great businessman, because he was super creative, uh, and that's the same for most of, the, of them. You know, once you are creative, uh, it's to be creative is not. Uh, putting beautiful colors and making beautiful uh, drawing. for me it's to be able to see a problem from a different point of view and therefore being able to solve this problem in a different way where everybody else is stuck because when you know like you saw the uh, experiences with uh, animals if you put uh, food behind a glass. Most have animals they don't think of going from another uh, another way because there is a door there. They can exit. most of the animals they would just uh, draw in front of the of the window, and that's a bit the same when you have a problem. Uh, if you don't try to be a bit creative, you won't be able to solve this problem. So you have you you, you need this skill to see what we call outside the box, right? And this is how you, you, you come with a creative solution. And if you want to, uh, to solve a financial problem, that will be exactly the same. You know, just applying, doing things by the book won't be enough. It will be enough for common tasks, for problems that have already, be, uh, already been uh, solved. But if you are facing a new problem, let's talk uh, about the Bitcoin, for example, the cryptocurrency uh, uh, nowadays, people who are not, who are too traditional with a financial approach. They, they could not do anything. Only people who have a different mind, they manage to have different system. And if, if uh, it is successful uh, nowadays, because of uh, creative people also. So that, that's uh, what I think. Is. Creativity is not at all about painting beautiful apples uh, uh, and bananas on the table, nothing.
1: <laughs> that's so true because unfortunately uh you know that's how we're kind of taught about it i mean uh, Nader and i keep talking uh, about it i was one of those who didn't really enjoy uh you know painting and all of that in school so i kind of abandoned that uh, at a very young age but there wasn't like a setup so what i want to ask you and this is again you can choose which side you want to take one being as the head of a design school or second as a parent is how do you encourage i mean nather and i both have uh, kids who are 4 years old right how do you kind of encourage kids to you know pick up any creative field at a young age because if you think about it and putting it into an indian context i'm sure you would have you encountered it regularly is the creative arts is never seen as a you know possible career you're, we still in 2021 have conversations with our kids where you're talking about professionals, whether it is, you know, yeah. doctor, engineer, and chartered accountant, all of that. So how do you kind of, as parents, for those who are listening, what would you say?
2: Uh, for my kids, uh, I'm lucky that they're in an IB system. And IB has maybe not a huge part, but there is a part dedicated to, uh, to arts, to music, etc. So they do a bit uh, at school. Uh, But I also on the side push them, you know, to uh, sometimes take a piece of paper and uh, we watch together tutorials these days, for example, just to develop this creativity, also their motor skills. Uh, This generation, they are really stuck on the cell phone and tablets all day long. The pandemic just (laughs) Uh, developed that to a level that was not expected and it's difficult to blame them, you know, to tell them don't touch the tablet, uh, don't spend too much time on the cell phone because there's not so much other things to do Uh, but still, yeah, sometimes every day actually, I ask them to stop and and do do something creative. I'm not pushing them to a creative career Uh, It's actually related to what I just said before is I want them to develop some creativeness to be good at whatever they will do later on. And even if they are engineer or doctor, this is what they want to do. I want them to be creative in this uh, field. To not simply repeat what has been done before, but to approach the domain with a a different eye. Because I I really believe this is the key uh, to, uh, to make things progress in any domain.
1: Wow, that that's quite an interesting take on, you know, creativeness, because I think what everyone thinks, and I'm just coming back to what you said earlier, and I think that's a very nice uh, quote, is that creativity is not just painting apples or bananas uh, kept in there. So I think, you know, if there's no other takeaway that all our listeners are taking from everything that you said i think the part on creativity should be there for all the parents and would be parents that are listening to our podcast today
0: no absolutely uh, it's th- this for the new generation i think um creating is is such a big deal because i think we missed out uh, as dads now that we've grown up and both are way well beyond our our 30s the the kind of guidance I think that we got from the society from our parents we probably did miss out but now I think things have changed dramatically and our kids uh, need to understand the power of creativity and that's something that Jan you've I think put very very nicely so thank you so much for for that and we really appreciate your your inputs on this thank you so much
1: yeah
2: thank you so much it was a pleasure
0: Peter, it's amazing, right? That we got our first expat dad, right? Like last year, we we did dads abroad. And most of them were like, you know, our friends, Indians who kind of went and settled abroad. But this time around, we actually got a Frenchman married to an Indian settled in India. And what a story, right?
1: Yeah, you know, you always hear of these stories of, you know, uh, people from abroad coming to India falling in love with the culture and then you know settling down or marrying and we finally met one so it was really nice to hear from him and you know what I really feel is that he didn't want to like go back to his country right spending 15 years in India that's almost the same time I've spent in India in my life
0: (laughs) that's true that's true and I mean, the fact that he he speaks about India in such an endearing manner, right? where he says that every every part of the country you go to is like a is a different India. and clearly he's 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 exploring and uh, and hopefully it passes down to his sons as well, who he's so involved with.
1: yeah, and I think we had a very interesting discussion with him about the education system here in India also, right? I mean, just comparing the French education system. And Indian, the pros and cons. I really enjoyed that discussion, also.
0: True, because you you get a you get an outside-in perspective, right? Like uh, I don't remember anyone whom I've had a dialogue about Indian uh, education, like having a conversation with a complete foreigner. So to get that perspective was very interesting, because after so many years, we are hearing uh, somebody else talk about the Indian education system, and you know, bringing out the positives. And I thought that was very interesting.
1: I hope all of you have been enjoying, you know, the Father's Month uh, series that we've been doing all this June. Uh, If you have any ideas for us or any episodes that you'd like us to do, as always, you can reach out to us. Our email address is popsinapod at gmail.com.
0: Or you can just search for Popsinapod on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, follow us uh, like our stuff you can share our our stuff with your friends and family as well and uh, yeah until next time for our last dad of the month of June
1: yeah so stay tuned and we'll see
2: you next week see you guys